And I always laughed in the past, like, you can never do vet school online. We have to do labs multiple times a week. We need to learn to suture. We need to learn to do surgery. And I just remember having this moment of fear when they were like online vet school. And I wasn't sure what that was going to look like. From the Texas Veterinary Medical Association in Austin, Texas, this is Veterinary Vitals, a show that features open and honest conversations with veterinary professionals. I'm your host, Dina Goldstein, Media Coordinator for TVMA. The COVID-19 pandemic's impact on people's lives varied, especially when it came to the stage in one's life. Think about an elementary school kid who regularly played tag at recess, or a senior in high school or college who dreamt of walking across that stage to receive their diplomas. Consider the parents who juggled childcare while working from home. Each person truly has their own unique experience. Well, what about veterinary students? What was it like for them? I spoke with a third-year and second-year veterinary student at Texas A&M University College of Veterinary Medicine to get a peek inside their lives during this time. Here's Morgan Gunn and Carly Johnson. So my name is Carly Johnson. I am a current third-year, and I am from Whitesboro, Texas. And my name is Morgan Gunn. I am a second-year veterinary student, and I am originally from Nashville, Tennessee. Got it. Okay, so coming from out of state. Um, so tell me, why did you decide to pursue veterinary medicine for, for your career? So I picked veterinary medicine when I was six years old after watching the show Animal Cops. I fell in love with the idea of being able to save these animals that really couldn't help themselves. And through working in clinics, I also really, really fell in love with the surgery aspect of it and how you pretty much are every single doctor all in one. And that was another draw for me for veterinary medicine. Nice. So I think my story is a little different from a lot of people's in that I actually did not want to be a vet for a very long time growing up because my mother was a vet and I thought that I wanted to do something different from what she was doing. But the older I got and the more time that I spent with her in the clinics and getting to see the puzzle of getting to solve new problems every day, getting to learn something new every day. And then kind of like um, Carly was talking about just getting to be all the doctors in one, getting to do this variety of radiology dentistry, preventative medicine, I really appreciate all of those aspects. And so it's something that keeps you keeps you doing something fresh every day. And I really love that. Yeah. And so how is vet school going for you two prior to the pandemic? So I feel like prior to the pandemic, vet school is one of those fun things where sometimes it's challenging, sometimes it's really fun. It's always a good mix of both. Um, And I found that it was everything I hoped and dreamed it would be in most ways. I really am one of those strange people that enjoys school. And so it was a great environment for me to thrive um, pre-pandemic. Not that it hasn't been post-pandemic, but um, it's it's been everything I wanted it to be and more. Wow. Uh, My experience has been really similar to Morgan's and I've really loved vet school and I've loved, you know, getting to wake up and be challenged every day and getting to learn all of this, this new stuff and all the stuff that I always dreamed I could learn, you know, growing up and wanting to be the vet and then actually getting to be in this place and actually getting to, you know, 
learn all of that information and really get to grow and see myself growing as a medical professional. For me, that was something that was really, really, really cool. And I really loved it even into the pandemic and still getting those opportunities to, to learn that. So I've, I've loved it. I think it's been a lot of fun, (laughs) challenging, but a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that, um, a lot of veterinarians, they always talk about how they got to meet some of their closest friends in vet school. There's that camaraderie there. So, okay, take us back to mid-March when everything started to change. Um, What was that like for you two in terms of how the vet school started changing things and how you were feeling during that time? Um, So it was, we were on spring break when everything kind of happened as far as COVID and quarantines went. And so I had gone home for spring break and then never really got to come back uh, for school that semester. So. As far as school went, it was honestly pretty last minute when they were like, hey, by the way, we're moving the entire semester online uh, for the rest of the semester. And I think it was kind of that way because they were really hoping that it wasn't going to have to happen and they weren't going to have to do that because I think they, I mean, honestly, no one was prepared to have to do a completely online end of the semester. Uh, That wasn't something that I think anyone had, you know, plans out for or anything like that. So it was very last minute for all of our professors and for all of the students having to figure out, oh, hey, now we have to learn in this completely new way. Um, Because we weren't even getting to go into school for labs at this point. It was just completely online. Um, So I think... Yeah, people were really great at stepping up to the plate and really working with the students and working with the professors to try and figure out how to make, you know, Zoom vet school work or online vet school work. Um, but it definitely was a transition and there definitely were some hiccups along the way as professors kind of figured out how to do lectures online versus doing pre-recorded and how to do labs online and stuff like that, especially when you are getting some more of that like, clinical experience like anesthesia or surgery and stuff like that. So my experience with this, I will say, is pretty similar to Carly's. And it was just a big wave of changing emotions because, like Carly said, we were in the middle of spring break. And throughout my whole academic career, I've always used spring break to work and gain veterinary experience. And this was my first spring break of going on an actual vacation. We went to the Great Smoky Mountains to go hiking. And so I was without much internet connection. And I just kept getting these spotty emails in and out about, hey, we think things may be changing with school. Hey, things really might be changing with school. (laughs) And then suddenly we get the, hey, there's no more school for the rest of the (laughs) semester. And Mm -hmm. what was funny about that is... I have had friends and family in my life who didn't really know what vet school was. And they asked, oh, is it an online program or an online certificate? And I always laughed in the past, like, you can never do vet school online. Uh, We have to do labs multiple times a week. We need to learn to suture. We need to learn to do surgery. And I just remember having this moment of fear when they were like online vet school. And I wasn't sure what that was going to look like. Yeah. And um Very similar to Carly, I think the professors had done a really good job at harnessing all of our panic and all of their panic because they were panicked too and learning very quickly how to adapt things into an online format where we could still practice things at home. We could get our suture tools and make models at home. Um, they, They really did a lot of good guidance at helping us still get the skills we needed even in the fact that we weren't able to meet in person. So it was it was a lot of emotions. But I think our our professors and the camaraderie between students all being in it together, it helped soothe those emotions, that roller coaster a little more quickly. We we really settled into it. 
Yeah, that's great. And I'm sure, you know, younger people tend to be a little more technologically savvy. So I'm sure that was everyone's favorite. (laughs) Yes. Um, And it was also great to see our students stepping up to help the professors without a lot of judgment because there would be times when their microphones were cut out and they wouldn't record. And so all the students have the professors backs there in terms of helping, asking them questions about what they need, um, instructing them on how to reshare their screen or repick up their audio. So the students were really backing the professors in that, which has also been awesome to see. Yeah, it's always interesting when teachers end up learning from their students. Exactly. It's been a lot of that this year, a lot of that. You guys talked about how the professors and the vet school has innovated during this time. Would you go a little more into depth about that, like individual classes, you know, labs? So my probably favorite example of this comes from uh, the spring semester that kind of got cut off short. I was in my like introduction to surgery class and we weren't allowed to go into labs anymore. So it wasn't really an option to go in and, you know, practice on any of the models that they had there for us to use. And so they actually... So we're using Syndavers, so they they look like canine cadavers. Um, So they actually sent us parts of these, you know, fake animals so that we actually got to do these surgeries from home. So I have some, you know, beautiful pictures and videos of me actually getting to do, you know, like intestinal surgery on my kitchen island in the middle of the pandemic because they still wanted us to get that, you know, surgery experience without actually being able to go in and do it in person. So they would they would zoom in the professors so that they could actually see us doing the surgeries and give us feedback on our suturing and how we were handling tissue and stuff like that. So it was actually a really fun experience and I feel like we still got to learn the same things that we would in a in a normal surgery setting as well if we had had that class in person at A&M. Yeah, so one of my favorite examples of the innovation was with anatomy. So we were finishing up large animal anatomy at the spring semester whenever things got cut short. And as you can imagine, anatomy, we spend six or more hours per week actually dissecting our cadavers. It's a very hands-on class. We spend minimal amount of time in lecture and a lot of time in lab. And so Our anatomy professors, our anatomy faculty, I think a lot of the veterinarians out there in the state of Texas were trained by Dr. Hoffman in anatomy. So if you know Dr. Hoffman and Dr. Herman, um, these are two of the most incredible professors and the whole anatomy team, Dr. Frank Cannon, everybody. They really pulled it together with anatomy by going in themselves and dissecting these cadavers themselves and taking videos of themselves doing the dissection, pointing things out in the absence of us being able to go in. So while we missed a solid almost two months of dissecting, they really made up for that by going in themselves and doing it themselves. They stayed in the labs very late into the night working for us. And on top of that, they came up with really incredible illustrations and drawings and diagrams just to help supplement what we were missing. And I just appreciated that from them so much because anatomy historically is one of those classes that gets a lot of vet students. If people get an F in a class, it's frequently anatomy. And so they worked absolutely tirelessly with us to make that class possible. And I am just so thankful because without without this group of faculty, I don't know that it would have been possible. So their videos just saved the world there. (laughs) It was really great. So what would you say are the positive aspects of these 
changes that you guys had to deal with? So I think this is something that's been really interesting for people who tend to be introverted versus extroverted or people who learn and thrive and do best working on their own versus those who need that human interaction. I will say for a lot of the people in our class who are introverted or have those tendencies of enjoying time to themselves, it's been really positive being able to work from home when home is an environment that you love and enjoy. And some of our professors have even mentioned that those in our class who identify as more introverted, their grades have actually gone up because being able to learn on their own pace, at their own time, in their own home, choosing to join the Zoom meetings and see lecture virtually versus being able to go back and watch it on your own time and make more of your own schedule. I think that flexibility has been a positive. And I find for me personally, not having to get up and get ready in my business casual every morning saves me another 30 minutes of sleep. So that's a huge yeah. silver lining that I've tried to really appreciate. <laughs> yeah, my experience has been very similar to Morgan's in that as well, except I am, I am the introvert side of this. So I'm actually loving getting to do everything online and getting to stay home and I get to spend a lot more time with my cat, which is also fantastic while I'm going through classes. Um, and pretty similar to her, I it's super nice not to have to, you know, get up every morning and get ready. And it's honestly kind of amazing how much time you can make up for when you don't have to get up and get ready and then drive to school in the morning. Uh, it's actually super nice to, to not have to do that and to get that time to kind of relax before the day starts and you have to jump into, you know, eight to five of zoom classes every day yeah yeah so getting more time to spend with your cat uh getting to sleep in more um not having to dress super nice um what are some other things that you think have been kind of fun <laughs> with that so on the more social and friendship aspect of things even though it can be challenging not to see your friends in person. It's been really fun watching our class come together and be so extraordinarily supportive, especially when we had such a roller coaster of emotions in the spring. Our class really banded together, reaching out to people, scheduling mental health checks. We would have like um, cocktail hour or soda hour on Zoom and everybody would get together and just FaceTime, talk about our day, talk about how we're feeling. And so it's been really fun. I feel like I've actually gotten closer to some people than I ever was before because this has given us a chance to really reach out and support each other and make sure we're there for each other. So that friendship building aspect, it can be challenging, but I also think that it's been really rewarding getting to have that aspect of it too. Building off of Morgan, I think that uh, this has also made it really easy for a lot of people like between classes to really come together as well. Uh, especially with the new first years this year, we all kind of get to come together and support them and help them through what is a really challenging time for them because they're coming into vet school first semester taking anatomy and all of that stuff. And it's completely different from the way that we got to do it. So I feel like we've all kind of come together as a school just in general and really got to help support each other and build each other up and, you know, be there for each other, especially through like school-wide events that we've planned, even though they're virtual and we can't meet in person. I think this has really been an awesome way to come up with ways for all of us to come together despite not getting to, to see each other's faces. Yeah. 
One other thing that I think um, has been one of my favorite things, kind of as Carly mentioned, our school chapter of SAVMA or the Student American Veterinary Medical Association hosts this thing called Find the Joy Week every year at the around finals week. It's a thing we always do. And typically those are in-person events like ice skating or painting parties. And so when we had to go virtual, we were determined we were still going to have Find the Joy Week. And so Carly um, and our entire SAFMA officer team did a really awesome job at finding ways for us to bond virtually. So we did stuff like a bake-off where everybody had a baking and cake decorating competition, and then we all judged the cakes virtually. Or trivia nights. Oh, the trivia nights have been a massive hit because it's just so much laughter. And we've even had professors being like guest stars um, as hosts of trivia. So those are just a couple examples of really super fun stuff we've gotten to do that really just kind of lightened that load before finals week, both in the spring and the fall semester. It's been really fun. So Carly, you played a role in coming up with some of those ideas. What was that like? So it was really interesting trying to come up with things that we could all do that we didn't have to necessarily be in person for. And it was definitely a planning challenge as well, trying to get like supplies to everyone, especially for things like a bake-off when, you know, it's really hands-on and you have to be able to go out and buy, you know, baking supplies and stuff like that. Um, That was definitely a challenge to plan as far as logistics wise go for sending things out to people, especially since at that point we were all like scattered all over the state Um, and not all in College Station like we were this last semester. Uh, But it's been a lot of fun to kind of see everyone's creativity really shine when they come up with ideas that I honestly never would have thought of on my own. Like for this last semester, we had someone come up with the idea of building these little Christmas gnomes. And she set up probably like 50 bags of supplies for building these little Christmas gnomes. Um, with instructions and all of this stuff. And I don't think I ever would have thought about that as a Find the Joy event, but people seem to really love it. And it was a really awesome experience for all those people that did got did get to build them. So yeah. it was, it's, been, it's been really interesting trying to kind of, yeah, getting to see everyone's like unique creativity really shining through with planning these events. Mm-hmm. And it's something tangible that people can always look at like, oh, this is what we did during this time to be creative. So tell me about what networking has been like for you during this time. Because I know that's really important in terms of externships and jobs later on. So what have you guys been able to do? So most of our networking, I feel like was kind of was kind of our job fair that we had this last semester um, in October. And they did a fantastic job of making it so that it could be all virtual online. We actually got to like zoom in and talk to these clinicians about their clinics and what an externship would look like at that clinic. And uh, they did a really awesome job with it. Um, And I think a lot of people were able to find, you know, externships from that experience, which I think is really awesome. Overall, through the pandemic, though, I think networking has been really challenging just because I know from my personal experience, all of my externships were canceled when COVID started. Um, So it's been kind of challenging to find clinics that are, you know, ready and raring to have these vet students in there right now when there is so much unknown and 
we're, are worried about, you know, people getting sick and stuff like that. So it's definitely a challenge as far as that goes. And I've definitely found myself having to go back to the clinics that I have been working at and working there, which is still awesome experience. But uh, that's probably what my networking has come down to this last semester, last few semesters. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is good that they did have a job fair that was virtual. I mean, that's definitely got to help a lot. And the fact that you got to talk directly to the doctors. So uh, echoing a little bit what Carly discussed with the job fair, I think that was one of the only networking events that really comes to mind because so many of our normal things we do at school, like um, lunch and learns with different veterinary groups or companies, um, different clinicians coming in and talking at meetings as speakers, those are all great networking events that we haven't really gotten to have. But the job fair was a really great opportunity for us. And it was also kind of a funny bonding experience. I'm sure if any of the listeners happen to be clinicians at the job fair, you could definitely relate to how usually the opening sentence uh, whenever we would start a Zoom meeting with one of these clinicians was something about the challenges of being at a virtual job fair. And this was a lot of those clinicians' first time using Zoom because we've been using it for school and many of them hadn't. And so it was a really interesting experience there, how we all got to bond with that. And I will also echo Carly in saying that networking has been just such a challenging enterprise for us because, um, of course, in the spring, a lot of those connections and externships we made had been canceled. Um, personally, all of my externships ended up getting canceled due to that spike in COVID. And so I ended up going home to work at the clinic I always have, which was good. And then for the winter, I'd set up two more externships and I was like, man, we're finally here. We're getting on the home stretch. I'm going to make up for those experiences I missed this uh, summer. And then my winter externships got canceled too because of this more recent spike. So it's been a challenging time to stay positive and stay looking forward, but also really am trying to stay positive and looking forward to hopefully this this last summer is going to be my last summer before um, we go into fourth year and don't have breaks anymore. So I'm really, really crossing fingers this last summer will be the one to, to get something good. <laughs> So would you say externships are that time to get that real world, real world experience as a veterinarian? I would definitely say that. I think that's the time when you're actually getting to see what it's like to, to practice and be in that situation and see what these veterinarians all over are you know, dealing with on a daily basis. Yeah, and I will also add something that's really beneficial for us as students, um, and because Carly and I are both still technically preclinical students, so our externships are not part of our fourth year rotations yet, but even for those students who are in their fourth year rotations, they were really banking on that as an opportunity to try out different clinics and see where they want to find their home and work. And so missing out on those opportunities to get the real world experience and to find your clinic home when you graduate, that was a big uh, missed opportunity for lots of people. And I will say it's caused us all to be quite creative in how we network and how we find new clinics. So um, it's it's been a lot of experience to miss out on, but it's also really pushed us to innovate and strive and want that even more whenever the opportunity does come back for us. And when I spoke with you two earlier, um, you said that some veterinarians have been a little concerned about the fact that there's a little less of those exposures to working in the clinic. Do you want to elaborate on that? So I think a lot of veterinarians and a lot of vet students even themselves are 
concerned about, you know, the education that we're getting right now because it is so drastically different from the traditional veterinary education and that you're supposed to be in classes from eight to five. You're supposed to have all of these labs and get all of this, you know, hands-on experience and be learning all of these things. And I will say that I think that while yes, things are different now and things have definitely changed, all of our professors and our classes in general have really stepped up to make it so I don't feel like we're really missing out so much on that hands-on experience. Uh, we're still getting to go in for all of our labs. I know that as a third year, we had our surgery lab this last semester, and we were still able to go in for that and still get that experience getting to do those surgeries. So I think that why yes, while yes, the education does look different uh, this year and last semester, I still think that we're still learning the same things and we're still growing in these skills. And if anything, I feel like uh, this pandemic and pandemic education has really pushed all of the classes that are currently in vet school to really, you know, strive and be dedicated to learning and growing and being the best veterinarians that they can be. Cause I think we're all, you know, so ready to feel like we are, are there. Like this has been so many people's dreams for so long that I feel like all of us are so dedicated to reaching the goal that I don't feel like we're really missing out on as much as you would think. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are willing to do whatever it takes to be veterinarians. Yeah. So my experience with that, uh, a lot of that first exposure to clinicians being concerned about our experience came in my own home clinic. Um, this clinic has been my home for, for several years now, and it, there are about 16 doctors in this practice. So I get a lot of exposure and a lot of great mentorship from a lot of really, really good doctors. And in talking to them over this summer, that was kind of my first exposure to how concerned a lot of these clinicians are with the experience that they are worried we're not getting in school. You know, they expressed, they're like, do you even know how to suture? Did you guys get to learn that? And so sometimes things like that were a bit of a blow to my confidence thinking, wow, you know, do I really know how to do these things? Am I going to be good enough when I graduate? And it's been something kind of challenging for us to hear as feedback from clinicians when we're worried about, are, are we going to be doing well enough? And we know they're worried about that too. And so I will say that something that's really gotten me through this time, just like Carly has talked about, is the fact that our professors have really stepped up and adapted these classes so that we are learning how to suture, we are getting this experience. And even though it looks different from how it may have in years past, it's different, but I would say still pretty equal in a lot of respects. And another thing that I think really has come out of this is my realization of how important good mentorship is um, for us preclinical students, but especially for those fourth years getting ready to graduate. I think coming through this time has made us realize how important mentorship is going to be to us when we really get out there in the world. And so I'm really looking forward to building those relationships when we get out and really hoping that the clinicians and all the practitioners out there are willing to provide that mentorship to the new graduates because we're, we're definitely looking forward to it. And I think it's going to help bring us together and make us stronger in the end. Yeah, actually, TVMA conducted a survey, um, I believe, with recent graduates. And the number one thing that recent graduates sought was mentorship. And what's interesting is we actually did a little podcast series related to mentorship and recent graduates. So that's cool to check out. So 
You know, I know that veterinary clinics had to really adjust and do curbside service, telehealth, FaceTiming. Tell me about that experience for you too, because it sounds like you still <laughs> you still worked at a clinic, you know, your hometown clinics. Uh, tell me about that. Yeah. So this has been a really interesting learning curve from that. Um, I've been very fortunate to get to go back to my hometown clinic, both over summer break and over this winter break. I actually just got off of a shift at about 2 a.m. last night. And the curbside thing has been a huge adaptation for us. And I think that it's really made our communication skills a lot stronger if you allow it to be a growth experience, not a frustration experience. It's really pushed those communication skills to a new boundary. Because when you lack the ability to see people's nonverbal cues, it's really hard to tell, are they understanding what I'm saying or are they just saying, okay, because they're confused? Mm. Um, Talking to people about quality of life decisions with their pets. I think our clinic has been very fortunate that we've put um, safety protocols in place where when owners are making quality of life decisions for the end of a pet's life, they can be inside present with the pet. And that is the only time we're allowing people to come in the clinics. So. Definitely adapting those communication skills, learning to really subtly listen to people's voices, making sure you're stopping to ask those questions. What questions do you have for me now? Have I confused you? What would you like to elaborate more on? It's, it's been a lot, um, a lot of a really good learning experience in that way. And I also think something with that is it's challenging to say that it's really made me closer to some of the clients because in physical distance, they're a lot farther away, but doing those phone call check-ins because it's a little more convenient than then coming in physically to visit the pet, it's encouraged more phone calls and more check-in time with the owners. And as a veterinary assistant, it's really allowed me to bond with some of these families who have these long-term hospitalized pets. Um, the other last piece I will add about that is doing emergency specifically because that's what I do. Uh, when emotions are really high in emergency settings and an owner really wants to rush back to the back with their pet who's having a seizure or is passing away, that has been really challenging learning how to communicate with those owners that they're not allowed to come inside the building for long periods of time or communicating that we really need to take their pet back by ourselves for safety. So that's been something I still haven't quite figured out how to adapt to yet. And I think probably a lot of clinicians feel the same way in an emergency setting. You you really have to adapt and overcome on that one when people want to be with their pets. Yeah, yeah. I will really second what Morgan said about communication. I think that, you know, being curbside and having veterinarians mostly talking to clients, you know, through the phone or FaceTime or something like that has definitely kind of brought to a T, you know, like issues with communication, but also has really strengthened our communication as well. I think at the very beginning of this pandemic, communication was a lot harder and it's really taken a lot of adaptation to figure out what works well for the clients and the clinicians as well and really learn from, you know, the experiences that we've all had in this pandemic and having to communicate remotely and not actually getting to see you know, people's responses to the things that you're saying, especially with what Morgan was saying in those, you know, emergencies or those quality of life conversations when it is someone's, you know, someone's pet, someone's baby that you're having to, you know, discuss potential outcomes about. So I definitely think that uh, communication all in all has really grown throughout the pandemic um, because we've been forced to be put in these situations where it's like, I don't know how to address this. So I'm going to have to figure that out. 
Um, I also think that something the pandemic has really, in my opinion, made better is I feel like time management within the clinic, at least that I was working in, um, because all of a sudden we went from having, you know, like these nicely scheduled 30 minute appointments to all of a sudden it's like there are eight parking spots out front. There are eight people in all of them. Plus there's someone in spot nine and 10 and they all have emergencies and so kind of just trying to figure out uh, time management in a clinic that, you know, is used to having, you know, those nice appointments with, you know, a few walk-ins from to all of a sudden having, you know, 10 appointments here at the same time with still the, with still the same number of, you know, workers having to take all of these pets and really having to figure out how to, you know, manage having a much higher influx of patients than we would normally have outside of the pandemic. I think that's definitely been something that has been a struggle during this time and something that we've definitely had to, you know, figure out and grow from throughout this whole experience. And I think a lot of clinics have done a fantastic job of really stepping up and, you know, figuring it out and figuring out how to do the most for these pets when people are getting to spend a lot more time with them now because they are at home. And yeah, that would be that. Those are my two biggest experiences probably with uh, this pandemic and working in a clinic. And generally, what do you guys think that you learned during these experiences that you would never have learned in vet school? You know, there's like reading about everything. And then when you're actually in it, what have you two learned in that sense? So I think one of my biggest takeaways, and this is actually something I was reflecting on while I was sitting in my car last night after my shift, is trying to actually build these relationships with clients in a difficult time when we are stressed and they are stressed. And I I saw a quote the other day that really brought home, I think a lot of people's experiences with 2020 is the reason people seem so stressed and so irritable right now in general is that everybody needs a whole lot more than any one person can give. And I think in the vet clinic, when people have sick pets, or this is their baby, this is their appointment for wellness, or this is their appointment for end of life, no matter what it is, that animal is the most important thing to them in the world right now. And we have to juggle in a real life setting, not just reading about it, not just hearing about it, but when we have the entire board of 16 patients is here and we are everything to every single one of those owners, really learning to build that communication with those owners and help them feel like they're seen and heard and understood when we're trying to do that for 16 other people at the same time. Um, you can you can read about that. You can hear about it. I've I mean I grew up with my mother as a vet, hearing her talk about that. But until we are all stressed and pushed to this limit, when it's four in the morning and the whole parking lot is full, learning to really connect with those owners heart to heart and make them feel like we are there for them, that's been something no book can prepare you for. And uh, it's it's been stressful and it's been very mentally challenging. And I will also say I wouldn't trade that experience for the world because I feel like that's prepared me really well for going out into the world of emergency later. Because if we can handle this right now when we've got, you know, a six hour wait time at four in the morning, I, I think that I that will make me a much stronger veterinarian in the future. Yeah, yeah. My experience, my, my number one learning experience would probably be very similar to Morgan's in that it is much harder to build those relationships and communicate clearly with owners when you are super stressed out. There's, you know, five other patients that need your attention and 
you're talking to someone over the phone while the phone is ringing with, you know, five other calls from five other clients that want to talk to you about their pets. Um, and I feel like at A&M, they do a really good job of, you know, stressing the importance of communication. And like each semester we have uh, communications stations that we have for an exam where we actually get to, you know, talk to oh, like these actors that are owners and, you know, talk to them about their pet. And it's kind of funny how, they give us these scenarios where it's like, oh, this dog ate chocolate, it's an emergency. But then when you're actually in that emergency, especially when there are so many other things to do, it's absolutely nothing like that. Um, <laughs> and so it's been it's been really fun kind of getting to see the differences between what we're learning in school and we're actually getting to practice in school and then going into the real world and trying to actually like practice those skills and put them into use when, as Morgan says, you know, there is this huge wait time. There's so many patients that need your attention um, and you're, and you're, you want to build that relationship with that client. It's definitely a struggle to try and use those skills to see if they help build that relationship at all when there is so much going on and there's so much on your mind and it is super stressful. Um, so I feel like communication and, you know, how to use those skills best is definitely something that I'm going to take with me from this whole situation and really being able to build those relationships with people without necessarily being able to see them. And even when I am, you know, stressed or worried about something, I think that the communication aspect of it is so important with all of this. So I think that's definitely something that I will be taking from this into my future practice. Yeah. So do you guys have any closing remarks you'd like to leave the listeners with regarding veterinary school during this time, uh, job search, anything else you'd like to share? I think one of the things that I really want to emphasize and really, really hope that this draws us all together is kind of what we discussed about mentorship. Um, I think for everyone from those first year students who are coming into vet school in this time, and this has just rocked their world, every perception they had about what they thought vet med was going to be, all the way up to those fourth year students who are getting ready to go out into the job market. Absolutely. some I mean, not that all of them are scared, but some of them are just absolutely terrified. Like, what are we going to do? Have we had this experience? Are we good enough? And for so many of us, vet school can be such a challenging time of mental stress and mental growth, I think that having that support and having that ability to get externships and get mentorship and really form those relationships with clinicians to help guide us and teach us and help uh, help us work through that real world experience, I think this has the potential to either be a really stressful time for a lot of us or really be a time of unprecedented growth that we never would have had in another experience. And so I really hope this grows grows our relationships with clinicians closer together. And I really hope that we'll, we are ready to come out of this pandemic stronger and more bonded and that this is going to be a time where we can all really come together. Uh, kind of building off of what Morgan said, um, but different than mentorship, I also really feel like Yes, we are learning in a pandemic and yes, things are different, but I just feel like as far as being a veterinary student right now, I don't feel like we're that different from, you know, every single other class that's come before us. We're all going through, you know, the same struggles right now with just the little added stress of, you know, the pandemic that's going on in the world around us. Um, so I just really want everyone to know that uh, we're all working really, really hard and trying really hard to, you know, keep that same level of education and really 
continue to grow at the same rate that we would have in a normal semester. Uh, so just be, I guess, be a little patient with us if it comes to, you know, like clinical skills and not being where, you know, classes before us have been, but we're all working so, so, so hard uh, to be there. And the professors are working equally just as hard to make sure that we are staying at that same level with from the classes before us. So just know that we're all working really, really hard to, you know, keep keep those skills up keep those skills up and, you know, be continued to learn and be continuing to learn and grow uh, from this situation and, you know, vet school in general. So, yeah, well, you two sound very dedicated and resilient. You guys are going to do so well rooting for you. Um, it was really great to get the perspective from veterinary students just in general, because um, this is the first episode that we've done that features vet students. So, Really glad to have you two on the show. Thank you so much. It's been really, really great to get to talk to you and uh, really, really looking forward to getting to see how Veterinary Vitals progresses in the future. Super excited. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. That was Morgan Gunn, a second-year student, and Carly Johnson, a third-year student, discussing what it was like attending veterinary school during the pandemic. They shared how professors and students adapted to online learning. They had to get creative. Carly said she honed her surgical skills on her kitchen island at home. The veterinary school innovated, and you could find students helping professors with technology. Professors filming the dissection of animals for students to watch and practice at home. And students coming together virtually and showing support for one another. Even deepening friendships during this time. If you're enjoying this podcast, we would love to hear from you. Write a review on Apple Podcasts. We just received one. Dr. Jody said, Great perspective on veterinary topics that are not often discussed. If you'd like to get a shout out like Dr. Jody, write a review today. Reviews let Apple know that listeners like you are enjoying the podcast. We can't thank you enough. And thank you again for listening to Veterinary Vitals. I'm your host, Dina Goldstein from TVMA. TVMA.